the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. And all I do is when a client comes, someone comes to my office and they ask me a question. And if I don't know the answer to that question, or if I do know the answer to that question, I get them the answer. And once I have the answer, I write down in this little special notebook I have the question and the answer. And then I have this little studio in my office. I have a green screen with a camera and three lights. And I go in and I shoot the video about whatever the question of the day was. Run your law firm the right way. This is... The Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. So, Jim, so yeah. Jim likes to sh- like chase the shiny ball, and sh- I'm sure some of you are like that too. So something new shiny comes along and he chases it. Uh, whenever you came to Amani and you, you said you want to start your own firm, do you think she was like, oh, okay, this will pass, no big deal? Yeah, she, she insisted that I give her this book and that I write out all these procedures and have all these plans, and I was like, forget all that. So I just jumped right in and started it. So, Interesting. Yeah. All right, so we're going to jump into mistake number one, enough about us. Uh, we're going to talk about what we see other lawyers, other mistakes that we've seen them make, and then some of the mistakes that we've made as well. Uh, number one, I, I put this as number one there was a specific reason for this is because I think this is the biggest mistake people make. Um, how many people have driven by um, some sort of storefront where it's a lawyer, a lawyer's office or seen a billboard or seen an ad where they list like 30 different practice areas? Any, anybody seen that before? Come on. I know you've seen that before. Yeah, right. right. I mean, we don't know what the hell that lawyer does, right? How do you refer anything to that lawyer? I think that that's a big, big mistake. Um, is Zane Cagle here? I know he's supposed to be speaking. I remember whenever I graduated law school, he, he's, he's someone that has done a very effective job of saying what he does. I've always known Zane Cagle was doing PI law. He was on all of his advertisements for PI. I don't know what he does now, but I'll always know him as a PI lawyer. And that's very, very, very valuable because people will pick up the phone, hey, who does PI law? Someone just, a client just called me. Um, I've got a case to send over to him. Let's say I do estate planning. They're going to call Zane Cagle or, or Gary Berger or Tyson Mutrix or Julie Siegel. Um, I know that nursing home negligence, David Terry does nursing home negligence because that's what they, how they put themselves out there for. So just for referrals, it's a very, very, very valuable thing. And because I get most of my cases off referrals, that's very valuable to me. But if you're spending money, ad dollars, and I include those storefront signage, I include billboards, pay-per-click, um, some of you may not know what that means. If you're running any sort of ad and you're putting more than one practice on, uh, area on there, you're wasting money. You're throwing it out the door because if you, a prospective client goes and they're searching for something 
and they see you do 20 different things, they may gloss over that thing that they're looking for and move on to the next one. Whether you're, you're still doing phone books or billboards, it doesn't matter. You need to be focusing on one thing. Yeah, and I think there's, there's two points to be made there. Well, number one is that, you know, if someone, is, someone has a workers' compensation case, they don't care that you do estate planning. If someone needs you to work on their will, they don't care that you do car accidents, right? And so um, the, the, the important thing is, is that lawyer, uh, clients just want you to solve their problem. That's all they're caring about. They're, they're not looking to make you richer. They're not looking to get you your workers' compensation case. They just want you to solve their problem. So the fact that you solve other people's problems is completely irrelevant. It's okay to do more than one thing, but your marketing needs to be targeted specifically to that field and you need to you need to portray yourself as an expert in that field you need to talk about that field all the time the other thing is is that people's attention spans right now are very very short i saw something the other day that over the last 20 years our attention spans have gone from like two minutes to like 12 12 seconds and that we basically have the attention span of a goldfish and that i decided once i started to niche down and just do immigration that um, I wanted to be known for one thing and that when people think of that one thing that they think of me and so so I decided that word was going to be immigration so that when lawyers or potential clients think of immigration they think of Jim Hacking and when they think of Jim Hacking they think of immigration and it makes you much easier to refer as well because I just ran into my friend Matt Geo and I and I was doing employment discrimination for immigrants for a while and it would be harder for someone to refer me that refer me a case for immigration if I was also doing something that competed with them. So being narrowed down into one thing makes it makes you much more referable, I think. Yeah, and I want to make, I guess, another point. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't do more than one practice area. I mean, I, think, I, don't, I don't really think you should do more than two, but some of you all are really smart people and you can handle more than one practice area. Really, the, your focus, though, on your specific ads should be on one practice area. Um, but if you, you, I think you're taking a big risk if you decide to do more than one practice area. And ultimately, why I got to got rid of criminal defense, I really enjoyed criminal defense work. And that was a lot of fun, very rewarding at times. But what other firms were able to do is, let's say they call my firm or they call Gary's firm. And Gary could, if he wanted to, is off the cuff saying, oh, you know, I know Tyson does a couple things, but all we do is personal injury. We don't do anything else. Guess who they're going to pick? They're going to pick Gary. Uh, he also has... 40 more years of experience than me. I'm just kidding. Um, 50. But, yeah, 50, exactly, 50. But you can use that as a differentiator in your practice where if they're calling around, because you know how it is, clients call around, and some of you might, may not have that issue, but for those of us that deal with, you know, it's business-to-consumer clients and not business-to-business, -business, they're calling around from one shop to the next, and so we can use that as a differentiator to, for them to pick us over someone that does a variety of practice areas. All right, so haphazard marketing, shiny objects. So what, what are we talking about here? Well, um, I think a lot of people don't really have a marketing plan. A lot of people just sort of, they hear what some other lawyer's doing and they say, oh, I'm going to try that. And I think you really need to be deliberate and to spend time thinking, why am I doing this? What am I doing? You really need to understand your marketing. You know, lawyers are big targets when it comes to marketing firms. So I remember in the old days when the Yellow Page ads people would come to your office and they'd show you the spread and they'd say, do you want a full trunk, half trunk, that's what they called it? Yeah. And so, um, truck? Truck. 
Yeah. And so um, there are all these terms. And even now with SEO and website people, there's all kinds of people targeting lawyers. So I think you really need to be the driver of your marketing. You have to understand it. You have to be, you have to be, you have to do it somewhat. You have to figure out how it all works before you spend the money on it, because otherwise you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and you really don't want to waste your money. I mean, you need to be tracking the money you're spending and then the return on that investment. So even if you're running one billboard, and I, I, I keep saying billboards is easy, easy target. I don't recommend billboards, but let's say you're running a billboard. You want to track every dollar that you're spending and then every dollar that you're getting off of that marketing. That's How do you do that, Tyson? Uh, you could do it with a spreadsheet. There, there are advanced systems that you can use, Infusionsoft, you can do Lead Docket. I just started using Lead Docket. You use Lead Docket. But as far as tracking particular marketing, I think one of the things that's important is getting a dedicated phone number. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I, I know we both ask clients, you know, how did you hear about us, but that's not always the most reliable. Yeah, so in a way of doing a uh, service called CallRail, I mean, and we're, I'm mentioning these services. We don't get mo any money from this, so, so it's, we're just... Uh, recommending them because they're, they're actually really good products. But let's say you, you run some sort of internet campaign or billboard campaign, get CallRail, I think it's pretty cheap, and you can put your phone number on there, and that'll track your, your, the number of calls that you're getting so you can compare, okay, I'm spending $3,000 a month on a billboard, and I'm getting 55 calls, and then I, of those 55 calls, 30 turn into clients. So you can track all that, and you can really, really effectively do it. Um, another, another point I want to make when it comes to that is, once you find something that works, uh, I, a big mistake that I see people do is they, they think, okay, I'm spending all this money, I need to stop spending it and start working on the cases so I can get, make that money back. And I think that the, that's a big mistake because you've got an ATM that's working and they, that you can keep going back to. Uh, instead, you're treating it like a slot machine. Um, and, and so I think, and this is the Gene, Dean Jackson term, Think about marketing as, as slot machines and ATMs. If you find something that works, it's an ATM. If you don't know if it's going to work, if, if you're talking to these, these consultants, these marketing consultants that are trying to pitch you a product and they can't tell you like very specific numbers, hard numbers on, okay, this is what we expect you're going to get back, don't use them. I mean, it, you're rolling the dice. And if you throw that $3,000 out there, whatever it may be, you may get it back, you might not. Tyson and Jim, two questions, yeah. if, if you can... One is, so you're saying you have, not only you're keeping track of those leads, but you're, you're figuring out how, your ROI, you're figuring out how much you're spending per lead. And, and but you, as, a, as a lawyer, you, you got to keep track of that and follow that month to month. And my second question is, you talked about lead services. I must get five emails a day, people wanting to sell me cases. It's crazy, and it's, it's exploding. I see it everywhere. Can you remark on that as well? Why don't you talk about that and I'll talk about that. Okay. Because um, you're going to talk about KPIs? Yeah. Okay. So the – I'm not a big fan of the, the buying the leads. I think you can take your time and your efforts and your money and put it elsewhere by providing value in a variety of different settings. Um, doing videos. I think if, if I were – if you were to say, okay, you've got $500 to spend on, on – leads, uh, $500 to spend on video, or providing content of some sort, podcasting, blogging, I'd say spend $500 on that every day of the week. Um, it's, your, your return's going to be far more effective. Um, with your, your, it's, a, it's a slot machine when it comes to buying leads. You don't know what you're going to get. I, I, I mean, we, you and I both know a lawyer that was, was going to agree to pay $75,000 per trucking case lead, and they, they, they were promising all these verifications that we were guaranteeing this, 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 and this. 
but they can't really guarantee that that's a good case to you, and they can't guarantee a really good outcome for you. Uh, only, and that you're, you're, I think you're just throwing money away. I think you're just taking a gigantic gamble on it. You have to know how much it costs to get a new case. You have to know exactly how much it costs. And the way that you figure that out is you figure out how much am I spending a month on marketing, and then how many phone calls do I get based on that marketing, and then of those phone calls, how many people turn into leads, and of those people who become leads, how many turn into clients, and then what's the average value of a client. If you don't know those things, then you don't know how much to spend. Because if you figure out that to do all those things, to get a client signed up in front of me, costs me $500, then you should be willing to spend $250 per lead. And so you're, you're all, I think that if you do the analysis, it's gonna make you spend more money on marketing, not less. And that's one, that's one concept when Gary was asking about the key performance indicators. The other thing, one concept that Tyson and I spend a lot of time talking about on the show is the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. So the before unit is the time period from how do I get someone to raise their hand and say that they're interested in my service until the day that they hire me as a lawyer. The during unit is from the day they hire me as a lawyer until the day that they get the immigration benefit or the benefit that they've hired you to get. And then the after unit is how do I get repeat business from them or referrals. So um, a lot of times the during unit is in conflict with the before unit. And what do I mean by that? Well, the, dur the during unit are the ones having to do the work. And if you spend all your time in the during unit, you're not going to spend enough time in the before unit because you're going to be doing all the work. And my wife loves to be in the during unit and she resents the hell out of the before unit because I'm in charge of the before unit and I just want to bring in as much business as I can and get them to figure out how to get it done. We, we've been hiring and growing a lot because I'm dedicated to the before unit. I'm, I'm a strange lawyer when it comes to that. I like to spend most of my time in the before unit. I like to be in the during unit a little bit, but I'm trying to get out of the during unit altogether. So there is this inherent conflict and until you can separate out and free up the before unit to bring in as many cases as possible, the, you're not gonna grow. You're not gonna grow as much as you can. The only thing I'll add to that is um, tr track your results on your cases so that way you can add that into your KPIs. So that way, it, especially with personal injury, it's, it allows us to track you know, what sort of results are we actually getting on, these, on those leads that we're getting. All right, so mistake number three is focusing only on clients that are ready to hire today. Now, different lawyers have different practice areas, and, and lawyers who do criminal work will tell you, well, I need to focus on these people who um, have just been arrested. Or personal injury lawyers will tell you, I need to focus on the people who just got in a car accident. But um, in general marketing terms, you can't hear me? I can hear you, Tyson, a little bit more. In general marketing terms, um, most people, so there was a survey done of 100 people that called to ask, they, to ask about buying a service or a product. And of the 100 people, 50 of them bought the product within the first 18 months. But of those 50, only like four or five bought in the first couple of days. So lawyers at their peril don't spend enough time in long-term relationship with people and nurturing leads. Um, we don't think of it like a business. We don't think of it as having to, um, having to talk to people or communicate after they've raised that initial, initial interest, people take time, people get distracted, people aren't waking up in the morning thinking about how do I make Gary Berger some more money. They wake up in the morning and they say, I, I have this problem and there's Gary who I've known for a long time because I've been in his nurture sequence, I've, I've talked to him before, I've received emails from him, I know him, I trust him. 
Yeah, and I think that we, we tend to s focus all of our time on potential clients. Is that better? Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily where we might get our cases from. And that's, kind of, I think, what Jim's getting at. Um, how many of you market like just exclusively to potential clients and nowhere else? That's a pretty solid group, okay. Then how many of you uh, market exclusively to your referral partners, other attorneys or doctors or things like that? Hands, no? Nobody? So then what you should start doing is, is start focusing your practice, um, especially those of you who get referrals only, consider the referral partners as your market, who you're going to target to. Um, that Gary does a very effective job of that. He, he, he markets a lot on LinkedIn. He sends out his monthly email. And at one point, he was, he was, his, his monthly e or biweekly email was different for lawyers compared to clients. Is it still different? No, it's the same now. So at one point, though, he was very specifically targeting other attorneys because that's his market. He knows that the majority of his clients come from that, or at least one point did. I know you get a lot from the Internet, too. So you need to think about other sources of where your clients might come from, not just the Internet, um, not just from radio advertising, not just from TV, things like that. All right, so I'm, I'm going to go with this one. So go for it. Jim and I, we're, we're very different. He's, he's very before unit, I'm very during unit. So I focus most of my time on making sure that the systems are working, that uh, we're, we're handling the cases the right way, that the cases are moving forward. It's probably, part of it's the nature of what we do. I, we do personal injury versus immigration. It's, it's a very different way of doing things. I think his is more transactional. Ours, we have to keep working the case until, until we get a good result. Um, but a big mistake that people make is the, the phone call comes in. And, and I'm talking about every phone call, not just phone calls for the cases you take. So let's say you just do personal injury and they call about estate planning. If you're not capturing that phone number or doing something with that lead, you're crazy. Because you've spent the money to get that call, now capitalize it. So let's say that someone calls me about an estate planning case. I then say, hey, you know, give me a second. We don't do estate planning, but I know someone that does. And I, I put them on hold, and I pick up the phone and try to see if some of my estate planning buddies are available. And then what I do is I say, hey, such and such is going to call you. Are you okay with that? And you know what that does? That gets me some clout with that attorney because that, they're going to want to start sending me cases. So that, that's one way of doing it. But uh, I'm sort of getting off a little bit. Let me, let me back up a second. You need to start capturing those leads. No matter what you do with them right away, capture those in some sort of system. It can be a spreadsheet or you can, get, you can spend thousands of dollars a month if you want on, on actually putting that data somewhere. But you want to be able to do something with it. And on top of that, uh, you want to have systems for dealing with those leads. Because I'm sure I'm going to say something right now, and you're, it's going to ring a bell with some of you. Phone call comes in, a note's taken, it's set on a desk somewhere, and no one calls that person for a couple days. But then by the time you call that person, they, you get a hold of them. Sorry, I already, I already hired Gary Berger. Okay? That means you don't have a system in place for handling those leads. Whether you're dealing with insurance companies or you're dealing with uh, consumers, you need to have a system for dealing those leads right away. And especially in St. Louis with personal injury or criminal defense, estate planning, it's a very competitive market. And so you want to jump on those cases right away and get them signed up, get them in the office, and get them into your funnel so that you can get that case. So uh, everybody that calls our office before they get to schedule a consult or even get any kind of information. They have to give us their full name, 
their cell phone number, and their email address. All that is added into a database. Every Wednesday we send out an email to everybody on our list. Our list now has about 7,500 people, and we clear out people every year. People who haven't opened an email, we clear them out. So we, and I am lucky because immigration's federal and I can handle stuff all over the country, but everybody gets a weekly email. And the email goes out in the morning, and on Wednesday night, um, I'm a, I always have about five or six emails from people that say, oh, Jim, I'm really glad you sent this email. I just remembered I've been wanting to talk to you about this, or I've been wanting to tell you, introduce you to my friend this who needs this problem, and then the list just grows. So you have to capture those leads. Like Tyson said, if you're not doing that, you're throwing that money away. Uh, I want to add one more thing, because some of these systems, you can get some very advanced systems, and, and I'm going to give you just one example. I'm going to talk about follow-up at the end, but um, just with our example of what we do, Client or lead comes through, we put them in the into the system, and then they get a series of seven emails, seven, each each day apart or a day apart, and so we're constantly following up with them automatically, and they're getting value from us. And so I'm not just saying, hey, you know, are you gonna hire us? Are you gonna hire us? Are you gonna hire us? Hey, don't have you signed the contract yet? It's none of that. It's hey, you were just in a car crash. Maybe you should think about going to the doctor. Things like that, that we're offering value to them so that whenever they're actually, okay, I'm ready to commit to a lawyer, they call us and some, instead of someone else. All right, so mistake number five, this is the mistake that I had to beat Gary over the head with the most, making the marketing all about the lawyer because Gary would send out these emails with all of his big judgments and settlements and everything, and they were the most boring things that you ever read. Nobody cared about them, nobody, everyone, everyone was happy, but really everybody was jealous, and so it was, it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of a thing. Now Gary tells interesting stories about the bees in his backyard. He talks about the diving that he does at Bon Terre. Gary leads a very interesting life, and his emails about that are much more interesting than when he's talking about, you know, um, the doctrine of whatever, the rule against <laughs> perpetuity or any kind of legal things. But lawyers love to talk about how many years of experience they have. They love to take pictures of themselves in front of law books. Nobody cares about any of that crap. All they want are answers to their questions. So, for instance, um, I have this YouTube channel that I started five years ago. And all I do is when a client comes, someone comes to my office and they ask me a question. And if I don't know the answer to that question, or if I do know the answer to that question, I get them the answer. And once I have the answer, I write down in this little special notebook I have the question and the answer. And then I have this little studio in my office. I have a green screen with a camera and three lights and I go in and I shoot the video about whatever the question of the day was. And then, I, then my man Kent up there edits it and we put it onto YouTube. So over the last five years, right now we have about 400 videos and they're not about me at all. They're all just answering immigration questions. Kent went through and organized them. We now have channels for each issue. So if somebody wants to know about naturalization, they can watch about 12 videos about that. If they want to know about green cards, they can look at that. And so that's what I was talking about earlier about leading with value, about giving away your best information about not holding anything back. And what happens is people begin to trust you. And now crazy things happen where people drive across the country. I've literally have people drive to my office from Denver and Dallas and Kansas City and other places to come see me. And when I walk in, it's like I'm a movie star because they've watched me on their phone like a television show. And, um, and people will write to me and give me ideas for, for issues of videos to shoot. So, you don't want to make it at all about you. You want to give them the information that they need so that they can make a good decision. I was going to add some things, but you pretty much covered everything in there. So I'm going to, okay. I'm going to move ahead because we're going to run out of time. There's nothing like 
working so hard on, a, on, a, on an email and you send out an email and then Jim sends you an email back going, that was a piece of crap, you gotta redo it. Jim, Jim has been in um, federal immigration um, places where a person in a, in, a, in a federal immigration uniform comes up to him and said, I learned everything about my job from your videos. So, so United States ICE people, the, the, the ICE guy came up? Yeah, yeah, that happened in New York. That's yeah. crazy. I might go back for a second. <clears throat> you know me, it's hard to shut me up, so. Yeah. <clears throat> so there are some residual effects to this too. So it's not just about getting the case, it's sometimes about getting rid of the bad cases. We were for the longest time getting calls about um, it, auto accident cases where the, and, and the potential client didn't have auto insurance. And for those of you that do injury work, know that there's the pay-to-play statute that came into effect a couple years ago, and so a lot of the cases weren't good. Um, but a lot of the cases were good, and other attorneys were passing up on them because they didn't understand the statute. So we shot a series of videos about the statute and what made a good case a good case and what made a bad case a bad case. So we stopped getting the bad calls and we kept getting the good calls. So there are other ways of dealing with it. So, I mean, you think about how long it takes for a phone call to come to the office and for, some, for you to deal with that phone call. We stopped getting most of those bad calls and so that really reduced, because for some reason we were getting a bunch of them. So it reduced a, a lot of those phone calls. Yeah, that's a good point. So the, the one thing that we don't do immigration-wise is help people get visit visas to the United States. But I made this video about what, everything you need to know about a visit visa and it's my most viewed video, and I never talk about it again. If people call our office, we just forward them that video, and then that's it. All right, so this is one where, I, you know, we, we like just practicing law and doing nothing else because we don't, we don't think we need to deal with the marketing part of things. And um, so what we do is we go and we outsource it. We say, okay, handle my, my search engine optimization or my social media. And um, about, I don't know, about nine years ago, I... I decided I was going to do take my um, social media and I was going to outsource it to someone, some virtual assistant, and that was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever personally made marketing-wise because social media is just not built that way. And what I mean by social media, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's LinkedIn, it's Instagram, it's YouTube, really. That there's a social media component to that. And I, I thought that this person would go on there and they would respond to comments and they would go, to, go send out really cool Facebook posts. They don't understand you. They don't, they don't understand how you interact with your clients. No one can really, kind of what Jim was talking about before, they can't capture your voice, especially with social media. So only you can capture it. But another part of a mistake that we do is what we'll do is we'll, we'll find some new shiny object, something pretty complicated marketing-wise, and then what we'll do is we'll outsource that thing without really understanding it, and then that marketer is going to bulldoze you. They're going, to, they're going to keep raising rates month after month after month. Well, we need a couple extra dollars for this. We need a couple extra dollars for this. And it's going to work because you don't understand. You don't know what the hell they're talking about. They're going to use some mumbo-jumbo just the way you could use legal mumbo-jumbo against them. They're going to use marketing mumbo-jumbo, and they're going to bulldoze you, and you're, you're going to waste thousands of dollars. So before you jump into something, whatever the market, it could be as simple as billboards, understand the math of billboards before you put up a billboard. Um, if you do something like Infusionsoft for automation, understand the automation before you use it otherwise you're wasting money yeah all right ignoring video so we talked about this Tyson and I are also are big proponents of video I told you about my YouTube channel um, I think that there's no substitute for video because um, getting to see your face and see how you react people get to know you over time and it's all about the the long-term relationship
Um, we also do Facebook Live videos where we're actually interacting with clients or potential clients or people who have questions. I've done Facebook Live shows where I'll answer immigration questions on the fly. I think that really demonstrates your expertise. Um, and it also gives people another opportunity to interact with you. Absolutely. I, and I think we're most, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid of doing video, but I've got hundreds of videos. I, I don't like doing it. I shot a day and a half of video last week with Kent, and I didn't, I was, it was uncomfortable. It's, it's not a comfortable thing, but it's very, very effective. Yes? You want to take that one? Uh, the equipment? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I have a, uh, I mean, Kent, Kent up there would be the right man to ask, but um, we have a, just a Panasonic, it's like a $400 video camera. Um, I mean, I wish Kent was down here so he could answer this better than I can, because I bought my, my stuff's three years old, so it's nothing new. I have three lights, um, which you can get on Amazon for 150 bucks, the green screen you can get for 50 bucks, and the camera is just a Panasonic. If you send me an email, I'll, I'll send you the, we have it all up in a list, I can send it to you. It's the wrong answer. So, sorry, Jim. That's fine. You got a phone? Yeah. I shoot now probably 90% of my uh, videos on my phone now. It's in 4K. It's a, it's a, the iPhone's a 4K video camera. So you really don't need to go out and buy a camera. If, if, if you just want to jump into to shooting videos, do it. Just do it. Start shooting nice videos. Sure. You, you can step up from there. Give us a call at our offices, and we'll tell you exactly what cameras we use. I, I just bought a, a really nice camera recently because I want to do some more advanced stuff. But to get out that basic message, I use my freaking cell phone. It's easy to edit. They're phenomenal videos. They're really amazing. And I don't have to spend any more money on it. So it's 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 really, really effective uh, yeah. way of doing it. We got a hustle. We, oh, yeah. we're out I use the same videos that I use for videotaping depots. It's the same kit that I use for my own videos too. But I go more to phones too. Uh, as well. Speaking of phones, uh, everybody's finding you on phones these days. We, we track our website traffic and over 60% of the, our visitors come to us on a phone. So ignoring, uh, not having a mobile friendly website is pretty much inexcusable these days. Google will punish you for that. Um, they're going with a mobile first, desktop second, and the, the, the rankings are going to really drop if you're not mobile friendly. Uh, just a couple things, um, 63 to 70%, it's hard to get a solid number on that, of, of searches now on Google are through mobile. So that's all you need to really know. So if you have someone designing your websites out there, remember that everything they do should be optimized for mobile. Don't look at the, the, the website template on your computer, look at it on your phone. That's what makes, what makes the most sense. All right, so I left the last two slides for Tyson, and of course we find our first typo on here. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and read that verbatim. By the way, no, I fixed this, uh, but it was not, I got it to, to Gary too late. So it's failing to realize how you, that how you handle the case is part of marketing. Uh, what we do is, we all do this, it, I still do it, and it's hard for me to do, but I, I, I try to reel myself back in, is we get the case in and we start just grinding away on the case, and we're working on it, and we're not telling our clients what we're doing, you know, and that's a part of the marketing. That's all they care about, all right? They, they care about, on an injury case, you know, we wanna make sure that they get the treatment that they need. That's a big part, that's the number one thing. Now, there's been studies been done. The number one thing they care about is getting the treatment. So, okay, we get that, make sure that it happens. They wanna make sure that their bills get paid and they, want, they wanna get a settlement at the end, so. But the most, one of the most important things is updating them all throughout the case as to what we're doing. If nothing's happened on the case, tell them. Just tell them, they, they, they care about that phone call, they care about that text message, they care about, you can use things like um, 
dub to allow you to send video messaging now, which is we use it pretty heavily now, and it, they, the clients love it. So constantly communicate. We've got a new rule in our office where we communicate every two weeks, no more than every two weeks, and clients absolutely love it. And it, we also check in the track in the numbers. Our settlement values are going up too. So there's there's a lot of other things that that can benefit you. Yeah, and you know, during the time period that they're your, they're your client, you're their lawyer. You're the only lawyer they're talking to. That's a great opportunity to keep marketing to them, even with the weekly newsletter. And like Tyson said, the way you handle the case. And the other thing that we find really powerful is to the extent that we can, we really try to think, if I only had one case, if this was my only case, how would I treat these people? And then try to recreate that on, on scale. It's very hard, but that's a good mindset to have. Um, and then the, this is the last thing I want to talk about is, and you hinted at it, but yeah. what we do is we get that initial phone call, which never follow up. And the, the, some of these people are still looking for an attorney for months, and no one's calling them back. 90% of the attorneys are not calling them back. I guarantee them. Guarantee you that. So have a system for following up. Um, our, our system is, is that they get a text message every three days until they tell us to stop. And then they, it, there's also phone calls that are built into that and emails. So they're constantly hearing from us until they say, hey, leave me alone, I've hired someone, or they hire us. Uh, and if they don't say anything, then they keep hearing from us. So it's, it's very effective. I know that we've thrown a lot at all of you, and I really want to encourage you to pick one thing. Just start one thing. Like Tyson said, get out that phone and talk to your clients. Julie Siegel was very nervous to get on camera a while back, and now she's on there every week. She does a video every week, and so um, it, it, you, you can't have 400 videos if you don't have one. So you gotta start somewhere. Pick something that interested you. You can find us uh, in our Facebook group, Maximum Lawyer. You can find us on, a, on the web, Maximum Lawyer. We love talking about this stuff. We do this all day long. And any help that we can give, we'd be happy to do it. Furman Percelli. Quick question. Uh, when you say marketing, do you market to attorneys too as referrals? Or is this just new people? And does anybody go out to lunch anymore with attorneys? Yeah, I mean, I, I go out to lunch quite a bit with other attorneys. I mean, I, that and doctors, I, I, that's who I almost exclusively have lunches with. Me too. Do, do you have a different marketing for attorneys as opposed to people? I don't. I, I, I mean, marketing messages, yes, if we're doing something online. Otherwise, I, it's, it just goes back to the old adage, no like, and trust. If they know you, they like you, and they trust you. That's all that really matters. So if I'm meeting with them, no. I don't have like a different message to them. But if I have a specific marketing message that I'm running an ad, it's completely different. Uh, it, can you just speak on that this marketing and these techniques? It's you can do that if you're in a if you're a lawyer in a big uh, in Debbie's firm or an insurance firm too. These marketing these techniques, reaching out to your clients, it translates. It's not just getting these PI leads and that kind of stuff. Sure. I mean, if you if you want to hear a, a great story about the value of having your own cases in marketing, talk to Debbie Champion because I that stuck with me when I was in law school. Tell me what I, what do you mean? What do you? Debbie was a part of a firm. I'm going to make this really short. Debbie was a part of a firm. It split up. The people that had clients were in really good shape, and the ones that didn't were in really bad shape. And so she left with a group that had really good clients, and they were in really good shape, and she's doing great today. The ones that left, they were in their, I think the story was some of them were in their 50s. They didn't have any clients, and they were looking for a job. Who wants to be in that situation? I, I know I don't. So, Is that a good summary of it, Debbie? No. <laughs> He's told me that story for years, Debbie. I didn't mention that. Any other questions before we let these guys go? I'd encourage you to look, to listen to their podcast. They touch all these marketing, um, all these little nuggets. You learn so much, you can go back and, and re-listen to them. Um, we're gonna take a quick break before we start with Peter here. 
Um, and so thanks a lot, Jim and Tyson, for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.